Hello, I'm Fifi Peters. I want to welcome you to the Journey to One Billion podcast series. We're speaking to MasterCard experts and business leaders across the Middle East and Africa and around the world who are working together to build a more inclusive and sustainable digital economy that works for everyone, everywhere. MasterCard has a commitment to financially include 1 billion people into the digital economy by 2025. This is the journey to 1 billion. In this episode, we speak with Khalid Al-Gibali, MasterCard's Division President for the Middle East and North Africa, and Arif Al-Ramli, Chief Executive Officer at Emirates Digital Wallet, to hear how governments are spearheading impactful initiatives across the region to drive financial inclusion at scale and advance social and economic opportunities for their citizens. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. I suppose that uh, it does go without say that for one billion people to uh, truly be incorporated in the formal economy, it will require all hands on deck, uh, from the hands of private stakeholders to those of national governments. Uh, how pressing would you say some of the stakeholders are treating this? Well, look, I, I, it's, a, it's a great question, very timely, and and uh, and and. You know, I'll start off maybe by saying that inclusion, you know, has become an imperative to most economies and most countries. And I think while it's always been a top of mind agenda, it's become more of a pressing need, certainly over the last year and year and a half, where pandemic related kind of challenges have presented themselves in many uh, countries, whether, you know, uh, without distinguishing between emerging and developed, etc. So inclusion has become an absolute imperative to drive economic growth and get benefits to people who are in most need of benefits and also empower and enable many of the customer or consumer segments that are either unbanked or not in the full sector, uh, financial sector. Uh, and, I, and I think coupled with that, what we've seen over the last um, maybe year and a half is that the steady progress that has been happening over the last several decades, actually, in terms of driving digitization, and I'm not really talking only about payment digitization, but overall, general, has really accelerated by leaps and bounds. And we've seen that most in the need of consumers, users, payers to meet their needs, you know, using non-physical means, because for six months or more, people were locked down in their homes. SMEs, businesses could not operate because they had not created a digital model for um, their business, whether it's in terms of delivery of products to homes and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, what one might call it a perfect storm, which I think today has ensured a convergence and alignment of what we in MasterCard have been evangelizing over the last many years and actually government's perspectives to say, well, inclusion now and digitization that helps drive inclusion is an absolutely important imperative. And you mentioned partnership. And our partnerships with governments, our partnership with public enterprises, uh, more generally, and private enterprises, have been a key accelerator and catalyst to actually delivering some great outcomes to support the markets and the countries and the economy and governments in, in which we operate. So 
you know, digital is now, inclusion is now, and I think there is no more a distinction between somebody talking about the economy and the digital economy. It is, the economy now is digital and becoming digital. And so that convergence we're seeing happening, also that convergence in perspective as well, in the minds of many of the government's regulators, policy makers, public enterprises that we're dealing with, is also happening and, and accelerating by leaps and bounds. So we're very bullish and optimistic about actually further supporting that journey with our partners in many of the countries in which we operate. Would you say that the uh, governments that you work with uh, within the region are truly awake to the role that they will have to play in driving financial inclusion? I, I believe the answer would be yes. And of course, as with everything, I mean, it's a mixed bag to varying degrees. Uh, but broadly, the answer is yes. And, I, and I'll tell you why it's yes. I mean, first and foremost, over the last many years, and certainly most notably over the last one and a half to two years around the pandemic time, we've really dialed up the activities we have in terms of engaging with many of the governments, if not all of the governments in, in, in our region, to further evangelize and actually increase their awareness of not just the benefits of digitization and how digitization can drive a more thriving economy, but equally importantly about the burdens and cost of cash, right? Anything that is not digital, kind of the physical um, uh, economy, let's call it that. And I think, interestingly, about a year ago, we published a report, MasterCard published a report called Cashing Out, and it was really centered on driving economic growth through payment digitization. And one of the findings in, in that white paper, in that report, w w was the unknown cost of cash, the often forgotten cost of cash, actually ranged between 3.2% to 4.5% of the global GDP, which is obviously quite a significant amount. And so even parking for a second, the benefits to you know, digitization in terms of driving inclusion, in terms of creating uh, a credit history for the people who transact, the consumers who transact digitally, even parking those benefits aside for one second, governments are starting to finally wake up to say, hold on, cash is bad. Physical is bad. Physical is more costly. And the costs of cash are obvious, right? You've got to produce and print cash, uh, distribute cash. You've got to take back the notes that are not fit for circulation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just the actual cost of cash. The other costs related to cash is that cash is often linked to uh, the shadow economy or to the informal economy and any s s such sort of areas like, uh, let's say, crime or uh, illegal transactions. Those normally happen in cash because that's hidden. That's not tracked. And so governments are also waking up to the some of these burdens um, and also costs, costs to the social fabric of a country or an economy that come from actually a high use of cash in a specific market. So I think that realization, coupled with the need for many economies, markets, regulators, policymakers, right, um, to drive economic growth particularly, most notably, after uh, the pandemic crisis last year. The need to drive that has also led to a need on behalf of many of these governments to say, how can we unlock more productivity? How can we drive that economic growth? And lo and behold, 
The answer starts from including more people into the economy, including more people into the formal sector, actually ensuring that we empower jointly with these governments and economies, we empower and enable the underprivileged, the unbanked, the unincluded or excluded, because that drives economic growth. And digital becomes the catalyst, or digitalization becomes the catalyst to do that. So I think I can probably call it a perfect storm of all of these things happening at the same time and actually driving that heightened awareness on behalf of governments, economies, policymakers, and regulators, et cetera, as well as public partnerships and private partnerships to jointly kind of travel uh, that journey with us. And that's why my initial answer to your question was, yes, broadly, I think that awareness of the responsibility that sits on their shoulders is very, very much there. And it can only, in my, in, in our view, it can only actually be heightened even further as we look forward into the future. I think most of us uh, can only hope that that is the case, Khalib. But uh, what then would you say are the uh, necessary bricks needed to build a national digital ecosystem? Well, we, we talked about some of those already in the sense that, well, it starts off from an aware awareness, which, as we said, is there, but also a conviction of the need to do something about it. And that's also starting to evolve and actually come to life. But I mean, the other thing says that, is there an enabling regulatory environment or framework? Is the infrastructure readiness to the degree that actually enables the creation of these digital interfaces platforms, not just in payments, but on many other areas? Because many of the solutions that we bring to market are not just solutions in the area of payments. There are also solutions in the area of digital identity and solutions that use AI to actually help our customers manage risk and solutions for disbursement of benefits. And there are many, many examples that we've done of actual projects that have been delivered in many of our markets uh, around the region. So uh, th these are some of the building blocks that need to be there. Awareness, conviction and belief in the need to kind of travel the journey, but also ensuring that the environment, whether from an infrastructure perspective or from a regulatory framework and environment perspective, is truly enabling rather than restrictive, is truly enabling to actually driving and accelerating this journey towards digitization and most importantly, towards inclusiveness. Uh, speak to us a little bit about uh, MasterCard's five-step uh, program in engaging governments through the uh, payments ecosystem design and development framework. Sure. I mean, we have a framework called PEDD that stands for, for Payment Ecosystem Design and Development. And there are several steps to that approach, which we've implemented successfully with many of our partners, whether they are regulators, central banks, ministries of finance, and generally different markets and economies. And that starts out from us sizing the payment flows. And the payment flows are not just in terms of consumer or individual payments, but also in terms of government payments, in terms of B2B payments, business to business, when a company pays, let's say, another company, uh, in terms of supply chain. So sizing the flows and then understanding uh, a bit more about the drivers of cash usage and maybe some of the blockers against, let's say, digital means or digital payment usage. Taking all of those inputs and then designing solutions that suit that market. And the solutions are not always the same. So it's not an off-the-shelf solution that will say, here's an off-the-shelf solution that will necessarily 
be relevant or applicable across you know, the world. Because each of the markets will have its own nuances, its own particular specific needs. There are populous and scale markets with populations over 100 to 200 million that are very fragmented, uh, etc., with very, very large distances between cities and towns and villages. There are countries which are very concentrated, which is almost like a single city country. And of course, the needs in terms of infrastructure, in terms of distribution will be very different. Once we took all of, the, all of those inputs, we actually design a solution, a framework. And sometimes, oftentimes, that framework starts from designing a national payment strategy in partnership with the government or the regulator or the central bank, or sometimes the Ministry of Finance, many times. So a national payment strategy. But I think the last bit is probably, in my mind at least, what differentiates us most, which is we don't just limit our impact at giving an advice and telling our partners, we've kind of sized the payment flows, we understand the drivers and blockers, and we've designed this here. Here, over to you now, go ahead and implement. We actually also help them implement and execute you know, much of the proposals that we put in place. So it's a hands-on and through whether it's our data and services capability, our advisors capability, our managed services capability, we come in, roll up our sleeves and actually help that country, that economy, that regulator, you know, implement the actual proposal and advice and framework, maybe sometimes the national payment strategy, we help them execute it on the ground. And the examples are many of actual rails, different rails that we brought into countries, designed, managed, and delivered by MasterCard to actually bring that strategy or that, that payment strategy to life for that country. So yes, it's a five-step approach, but it doesn't stop at giving a proposal or advice at the end of it. It actually goes into um, executing, partnering on execution of that strategy with our partners in each of these markets. I guess it does make sense, given the diversity on the continent, that a one-size-fits-all approach, it won't work, it can't be followed. But in terms of the execution and the tailor-made strategies that you were talking about, you said you had a few examples to share. Could you give them to us? Certainly. Well, so the, uh, we have many examples, but I'll try to select the few that I can probably share uh, and, and w w within a reasonable time. Look, I mean, I, I've mentioned or I refer to populist and scale markets. Well, Egypt's a case in point, about 110 million population. Six years ago, uh, you know, even I would say ahead of the curve, right? Six, seven years ago, we launched the first fully interoperable kind of mobile payment ecosystem in that country. Today, it has... 14 million uh, users on it making few hundred million transactions a year. And that takes care of P2P transactions, person or peer-to-peer -peer transfers. That takes care of actual generating uh, a virtual card that they can use to pay for digital transaction. Imagine you getting in a, one of these ride-sharing kind of cab hailing uh, and not having a credit card. Well, you can use your phone in an environment, market like Egypt, to generate a VCN, either single use or multi-use, that you can then use to pay for your transaction with your phone. So it, it turns your phone in a country which has close to 200% mobile penetration, but uh, under a 30% banking penetration, it turns your mobile phone into your wallet, into your digital cash in your pocket, right? And the importance of that is that going back to the penetration of mobiles versus penetration of, let's say, banking relationships, 
This is a strategy that ensures that we don't leave anybody behind. And that ultimately is what inclusion is. Inclusion is not differentiating between the haves and the have-nots or the people with money or those without money. It is at the very basic human level something you know, that says everybody has a need to be respected. Everybody has a, a need to be empowered, to be enabled, to participate in the economy actively and actually provide a good living, a good life for himself, herself, and their families. And I think such an initiative, such a platform that actually includes 14 million and growing makes us very proud because it truly is bringing that vision to life. So, but that's just one example. In the UAE, which is an example of a more consolidated market than the fragmented and, and broad and wide populist and scale country like Egypt, We've also launched recently the digital wallet, the Emirates digital wallet, again, which is an interoperable mobile payment platform that connects the leading banks, all of the leading banks across the United Arab Emirates onto that platform interoperably. We have actually partnered with several ministries, most notably, for example, the Ministry of Social Sol Solidarity in Egypt to help them disburse benefits to over 60,000 women in that country. We've also partnered with the Ministry of Finance and several other bodies to launch payroll cards for 6 million employees of the public sector or government sector in Egypt, which is about 30% of the total labor force in that market. We're working now with the Central Bank of Iraq in a very deep and collaborative partnership to say, how can we Take that market into the future because that's the vision of the central bank. That's the vision of the country. They want to accelerate digitization, drive inclusion, empower their citizens. So we're supporting them again with a national payment strategy and solution design using our PEDD framework, which I referred to earlier, our payment ecosystem design and development. We've already partnered and executed a major initiative with Saudi payments and the SAMA, or now the central bank of the kingdom, to actually launch instant payments, which are known in some markets as ACH or some known as real-time payments, instant payments, right? Paying using your bank account. And that is known in the kingdom as Saria. And we um, have partnered effectively with the regulator, Saudi Payments, to actually launch that. And it's now one of the fastest growing kind of solutions for payments in the world. We are partnered with the Ministry of Innovation in Ethiopia, again, to design a full end-to-end -end national payment strategy. So the list is endless. I, 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 you can probably tell I'm speaking about this with a lot of pride because while those are interesting, those are exciting, and it's a really nice list, but I think for me, if you think deeply about many of these examples, they really, they have one thing in common, right? Which is they all share in really bringing our doing well by doing good kind of motto to life in many of these countries. Inclusion is good. Inclusion empowers. And each of these solutions that I've mentioned to you fundamentally drives inclusion. And through that also accelerates the growth of the digital economy, which, I, as I said earlier, is actually the economy. There is no digital economy. The digital economy is actually now, looking into the future, becoming the economy. But the reason, I think, for this pride is that it brings to life this doing well by doing good. 
we walk every day saying we're empowering people, we're enabling people. And through a lot of what we're doing, because I know these sound like a lot of kind of really nice statements, really nice phrases, empowering, enabling people. But how's that happening? Well, imagine this. You're transacting cash. You have no record of yourself, right? You cannot get credit. You cannot go to a lending institution, whether it be a bank uh, or, or any other lending institution, because you're unknown. You're invisible. The moment you become included on a digital platform, in a digital ecosystem, and you start paying, whether you're an SME, whether you're a micro-enterprise pushing some vegetables on a wooden cart on some remote village in Egypt or Pakistan or elsewhere, you start having a digital record that then enables somebody to underwrite you. And we've created many of these solutions for the central banks and regulators. Now, what happens when somebody is able to underwrite you and basically say, you are good for this much of credit? Well, that increases your working capital. That enables you to buy more inventory. That enables you to grow your business. That's what we mean by empowerment. That's what we mean by enabling the underbanked or the masses. And, and that drives economic growth. Today, I might be selling vegetables on a wooden cart for $10 a day. If I can get credit tomorrow, I can, you know, over time, I'll be able to double that. What happens to my income? What happens to economic productivity? It's all additive, and it all adds to an increasing, higher, and ever-growing GDP, which ultimately is what makes a country thrive, what makes an economy thrive. And very importantly, it's what makes the citizens satisfied and leads to happy citizens. It's a higher level consequence. So this is, yes, about payments. Yes, this is about digital, but it's about so, so much more than that, as I just described. Yeah, I agree, but we'll leave it there for now. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thank you. Emirates Digital Wallet owns and operates Clip, a digital cash platform. The company is spearheading a nationwide initiative to reduce the use of cash in the United Arab Emirates and supports the government's efforts to drive digital transformation. To tell us more, I'm delighted to welcome Arif. Arif, you have an incredible career within banking and you are a leading expert and champion of the industry's continuous digital transformation and now CEO of Emirates Digital Wallet. Can you give us some insight into how the industry has been transforming from when you started your career to where you are today? Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I've had been in the industry for 20 years, seen so many changes, but the past few years have been what I call the rocket phase of transformation. Back then, transformation had become mandatory. It used to be, you know, it used to be that being innovative and transformative gave you an edge over the competition, but things have changed dramatically now. There is literally a mandate to stay relevant within the industry. During my career, looking back in time, I first started on a project working for enhancing online banking, and then went on to launch the mobile banking for one of the financial institutions, and then went on to launch two challenger banks. Looking back at it, I would say every year that passed, the challenge was becoming bigger and bigger, especially in the context of customer adoption and what the customers want and where do you add value for them. 
We've seen that more than other financial institutions or services or financial services. But I think this is the most exciting time to be working on a project at this scale and developing a solution which involves in-depth research and analysis of the financial institutions. We're looking at radically transforming the payments industry within the country that we're operating in, which is incredible. In 2020, you launched CLIP, Emirates Digital Wallet's digital cash platform, supported by the UAE's Banking Federation. It's now spearheading a nationwide initiative to reduce the use of cash in the UAE and drive financial inclusion. Firstly, can you tell us more about Emirates Digital Wallet as a company? Sure. Emirates Digital Wallet, or ADW, is the organization that owns and operates CLIP, the UAE's digital cash platform. We are spearheading with our partners a nationwide initiative to reduce the cash or the use of cash in the UAE and support the UAE's government's efforts to drive digital transformation in the economy and society. So Emirates Digital Wallet was jointly set up by 16 of the leading UAE national banks and is regulated by the UAE Central Bank in partnership with MasterCard Technology. We are a catalyst to create a financial inclusive society fostering growth, security and stability through the conversion of physical cash to a digital equivalent. From this vision, CLIP was born. And this was our solution to reduce the reliance of cash across the UAE and close the gap between those that are included in the digital economy and those that wish to be. Well, Clip is a fully automated, interoperable, secure and robust digital cash platform that is offered to all its members by both enabling individuals as well as businesses in the UAE to move away from the use of physical cash. There are three main principles of Clip. The first one, is to support the, the government strategy to drive digital transformation across the economy and society. Second is to realize the central bank's desire to reduce and ultimately remove cash in circulation in the economy. This makes things more efficient, minimizes fraud and the risks that comes with using cash, as well as aiding the central bank with the financial inclusion. Thirdly, we want to reflect the government's desire for better financial inclusion and primarily for the unbanked in the UAE economy. The COVID pandemic accelerated the adoption of digital wallets. We saw a huge uptake in the digital space. CLIP, at its heart, is simple, it's unique, highly efficient and interconnected payments platform that can work without a bank account and which does not hold deposits or transmit personal financial data. For users, it removes the risk and hassle of using physical cash, and for its members, it reduces the cost of managing physical cash. We're unique. No other payment system has so many national banks collaborating with them. Clip is instant, and no personal data is shared, which is something our customers have really valued. And how does this technology work in action? How does it help the everyday UAE citizens and residents? So how does it work in action? Well, Clip offers a simple way for users to transfer money to others via mobile number and allows to users to seamlessly pay for goods in store using the existing merchant reach offered by its partner banks. Clip is assessed through a digital application available from any stakeholder bank or directly from Emirates Digital Wallet. Once they have set up the application, users can either link their Clip account to their bank account 
or load cache directly onto it at selected locations around the UAE. They can use Clip for goods or services to send and receive money and to store money for when they need it. They do not need to have a bank account to use the solution. They can also obtain cash from ATMs by accessing funds stored on their digital wallet. When developing Clip, we did a huge amount of research into people's spending habits, both those who have a bank account and those that don't. We found out that four out of five people who were unbanked would use something like Clip over cash, which was really interesting. And three out of five banked would also use the same solution. So there has been a bigger behavioral change for those without access to bank accounts, which means we can achieve our goal of working towards financial inclusion and setting people on the path to participate in the digital economy, which ultimately leads to better outcomes for them their families, and society at large. We always say cash is no longer king. And I think this is extremely important to help people move forward. An aspect I'm proud of is the functionality. Now, person-to-person -person payments are even easier with so many innovative services. We're looking at the moment at having utility bill payments incorporated. So whether you have a bank account or not, whether you're banked or unbanked, we're offering you the ability to pay your utility bills digitally. Supporting the SME community is vital, and it's a core part of what we do. How are small business owners benefiting from the technology? Clip enables small businesses to start accepting digital payments via mobile phones, meaning more businesses can tap into the digital economy now. Clip is the only interoperable solution designed to seamlessly provide digital payments between all consumers and merchants in the UAE. Once you're making transactions or accepting these transactions digitally, we provide the SMEs with a range of different products that can help. Some use QR codes and others use the Clip application that can be downloaded from either one of the stores. And this provides the SMEs with the capability to generate the dynamic code that could be scanned and then allows the transactions to be completed digitally and fast. For us, the biggest thing was once the transaction is done, the money is instantly settled into the merchant's account. So it's all instant, and this brings a lot of value to the SMEs. We're offering a much more cost-effective ecosystem for these merchants to be able to accept payments digitally, especially today. It's since it's all about fast delivery. So all of these vendors now can be enabled either using a smartphone application or a QR code, and therefore trying to eliminate the use of physical cash and their reliance on it. How does this technology help to achieve greater financial inclusion and bring more people into the digital economy in the UAE? We're extremely lucky to be operating in the UAE because the UAE is one of the first markets in the region that had significant smartphone penetration. And it's incredibly innovative, and they are really embracing digital transformation here at a nationwide level. There has been so many mobile and government initiatives aimed at closing the digital divide and driving financial inclusion to all of its citizens. We're delighted to be working with MasterCard on this road of digitizing the economy, and we can see a positive impact on the UAE communities by growing the domestic payments ecosystem together and working towards a digitally connected region. What does the future hold for Emirates Digital Wallet and Clip? I think the future is extremely exciting. Uh, we've embarked on this three-phase journey 
where we've been able to build a uniquely global solution. And then the second phase is to operate it, whereas the third phase is to scale it and further enhance it. And this is where our strategy roadmap comes in and leads everything we're doing. Today, our infrastructure is integrated with the banks, which gives us a lot more capability and flexibility towards the future. And as you know, this one should allow us to become a common platform between the central bank of the UAE as well as the financial institutions. With this, we hope we'll be able to offer even more innovative services. You're listening to The Journey to One Billion. Join me next time where we discuss the innovative technologies that are transforming the payments industry in Africa. We speak to Mark Elliott, Mastercard's Division President for Sub-Saharan Africa, and Clayton Hayward, CEO at Ukesh Technologies, a South African startup that grew into a successful Pan-African fintech. To listen to more, you can find episodes on www.miacontentexchange.com or download or subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platform. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave us a review? I'm Fifi Peters. Thank you for joining the journey to one billion.